Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Back to the program. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Grateful to you for tuning in. We've covered a little bit of ground so far. Talked about uh, that hero, Jack Wilson, down in Texas, who stopped the Texas uh, shooting in a church. He was uh, awarded the Medal of Courage by the governor. Uh, and, and I repeat that only because I am such an admirer of this type of, of heroism. Uh, is someone who had prepared for a long time, and when the moment presented itself, was able to put his training and his uh, his level headedness uh, into action, saving the lives of those around him. So I may repeat uh, the name Jack Wilson a number of times through the program today. Recipient of the Texas Governor's Medal of Courage, Jack Wilson. Remember that name. Uh, then <clears throat> spoke a little bit about red flag laws, and later on we're going to speak to Steve Handy uh, about what may be coming here in the state of Utah. I want to take the time now, though, uh, to talk to you about some of the predictions out in Washington. Uh, so I've got a, a New York Times article I'm looking at here, and I want to point something out. The you know the different news stories use imagery to communicate their point. Uh, and this one is very dramatic. It is uh, Speaker Pelosi surrounded by reporters with Adam Schiff over her shoulder. These reporters looking very intently, holding up their uh, telephones and their microphones up to the mouth of the, the speaker, trying to get comment on the record. It's a very dramatic scene. In fact, I recognize uh, the hallway uh, down which they're walking. Uh, the reason I bring that up, there is one reporter in particular uh, here in the front with a very earnest look on her face. Uh, she has a very smart suit on uh, with a, a name badge hanging around her neck attached to a lanyard. She has her phone, uh, no doubt, recording the comments being made by Speaker Pelosi. But, uh, but this individual, this young woman, uh, her name is Natalie Andrews. And you may remember that name. She, a long, long time ago, when I was here uh, years ago working for Doug Wright, she was the social media director here at KSL uh, News Radio. She is the one that taught us all about how important Facebook and Twitter was and uh, the importance of making sure that our message not only is broadcast over these airwaves, but also uh, on the social media platforms. A lot of the lessons she taught me then, uh, I still remember now. That's why I'm working on my uh, little Facebook page. Uh, they gave me a personality page. It's not like one of those uh, personal ones. I have one of those, but they gave me a, uh, uh, what do you call it, a, a personality page. So I feel hoity-toity now. Uh, and I'll, I'll put that to good use. We're going to 
post some of the information we share on the program today up on that. I'd invite you to go check it out. Uh, anyway, sorry for the tangent. I'm just proud of someone I saw uh, photographed here in this uh, national news publication. She is a reporter out in Washington, D.C. now uh, doing all kinds of good work, and it's good to see her in action. So the reason we're talking about Speaker Pelosi is because she has made it known her intentions to transmit the articles of impeachment over to the Senate uh, tomorrow on Wednesday. This will give way to only the third time in American history that a president has been put on trial in the Senate. It, uh, it's shaping up to come almost a month after the House, under the leadership of Speaker Pelosi, uh, voted to impeach the president on those two articles, abuse of power and obstruction of Congress. So we'll see how things shake up. That gives way to a few other questions. As we know, Leader McConnell has made it known this morning that he has the the votes to get rules in place, but it is not likely that those rules will include uh, an option to dismiss uh, the the articles uh, and that uh, an actual trial will, in fact, begin. Now, what what needs to happen still before that trial starts? Uh, as I just said, the speaker needs to bring the articles over, but uh, she will do so with a team of impeachment managers. Those are the lawmakers, the representatives in Congress who will argue the case on the Senate floor. And back in 1999, <clears throat> excuse me, when President Clinton's trial was taking place. There were 13 managers, uh, and each one of them was responsible for a different portion of the that case against uh, President Clinton. Now, if Pelosi, who hasn't said how many managers she'll appoint, if she moves to formally name that team either today or tomorrow, the trial would begin this week, or it could certainly. And we, you wonder about who are the individuals who might find their way uh, into that cohort of individuals, the managers, the uh, quote-unquote lawyers who will try this case, uh, prosecute it. Uh, that's likely going to be Adam Schiff, if I'm guessing. He's the House Intelligence Chairman. Also, Jerry Nadler, House Judiciary Chairman. We've seen both of them uh, kind of front and center, uh, along with Speaker Pelosi, as these uh, impeachment proceedings have carried out or played out rather. Uh, Jerry Nadler was asked if he would be one of those managers and he uh, refused to answer. So to me, at least, uh, both his having been so involved in the process thus far, I anticipate seeing Jerry Nadler uh, alongside Adam Schiff uh, with a few others once we once we learn uh, what uh, what will be the makeup of the managers prosecuting this case. Now, on day one, those senators will take an oath. And if you notice, I did not use the word juror. I'll get back to that in a second. I will not refer to them as jurors. Mike Lee, a little while ago, set me straight on that one. It is his assertion and my belief now that uh, senators in this case are not jurors. Their role is different than that of a juror in a criminal case, as you and I understand it. So uh, on day one, the managers will make their way over to the Senate. They'll read out loud the text of the articles of impeachment. And on that same day, excuse me, Chief Justice John Roberts will show up. Now, uh, we have over the past few weeks become pretty much experts on impeachment. Uh, I I imagine that our uh, maybe our parents or so in 1999 became experts then uh, when they were facing it. It's a a rare event in history. And as I said earlier, this will be uh, only the third time in history that uh, a trial will take place in the Senate relating to the impeachment of a president. But on day one, uh, we 
will see the ushering in of Chief Justice John Roberts. Why? Well, because the vice president is the president of the Senate, and uh, it uh, is fair to understand that he would stand to gain uh, significantly if he were to push this in one way or the other. Now, that's not to suggest that Mike Pence would be an unfair leader of this, but in an effort to remove all doubt and make sure that everything is fair and that uh, someone standing to gain from the ousting of the president uh, not be in charge, it is the chief justice who presides over the trial. Um, let's see, there are various rules that will govern the the trial and those will be uh introduced by leader mcconnell and there's really no way of knowing right now exactly what those rules might be we can look back to 1999 when uh, the the senate tried president clinton Uh, some of those rules are are very very broad and we've seen uh, debated on television those regarding witnesses uh, or the ability to dismiss the trial or dismiss the articles outright uh in addition to those though we will learn from these rules uh as they're introduced by McConnell, the length of the arguments and when uh, various motions uh, to hear from witnesses would be allowed. As the as the trial commences, that question will yet to be answered. So, you know, this whole debate over witnesses, uh, you can rest assured that uh, it will not uh, be answered before the articles are sent over to uh, the Senate. Let's see. Um, there are also rules regarding when the Senate uh, can meet. Uh, not sure what those will look like, but when uh, the Clinton trial took place, the rules uh, which governed that trial called for the Senate to meet every day except Sunday. And if the, this tri- this trial looks, uh, if if the trial looks similar, or the rules rather, we can expect uh, a few weeks of arguments, and uh, and that'll play out uh, the way, for the most part, the way. A regular trial will. Now, I said earlier that I'd not consider these senators to be jurors. Uh, Mike Lee joined us uh, a while back and explained his position on that. And it is that their job is different and their position is different, that there are uh, political elements to that. And that must be accepted and understood. Uh, so that is not the case for jurors. And thusly, it's inappropriate to refer to uh, these senators as they try this case as jurors. So that is your update on all things impeachment. Uh, So we're going to pause from that. We're going to take a break. And next up, we're going to look at what Jenny Taylor is up to out at the Pentagon today. She has received a great, great honor. I'll explain it next here on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.